What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. The only podcast that gets your Bronx bombed on a Thursday afternoon. Oh boy, Yankees needed a win last night. Big game. Can't be getting swept by the lowly Oakland A's. Domingo Herman on the mound against J.P. Sears, old friend. Kind of a recipe for disaster. Herman coming off seven earned in two innings against the Red Sox at Fenway Park. And 10 runs and eight of them earned against the Seattle Mariners last week, including four home runs in maybe the worst game at the new Yankee Stadium outside of the Johnny Brito eight-run first inning and the Cleveland Guardians beating them like 22-4 in opening season 2009. Uh, While they're not getting swept in Oakland, the Yankees will not be getting swept in Oakland. They did manage to win last night, um, and something absolutely stunning happened in the process. The offense scored 11 runs. Oh, and also Domingo Herman threw a perfect game. The 24th in Major League history. Some of them are from like the 1890s. You're really the 22nd one that makes any semblance of sense. The first since Felix Hernandez in 2012. And we got to talk about it, folks. Um, we just, we, that, that's, um, that's one, one of the most average pitchers in baseball history. Going perfect against the Oakland A's team that is quite dreadful but nobody's perfect game to them or no hit them through three months of the season so that doesn't make it any less impressive we kind of got to just talk about this forever before clark schmidt inevitably loses this afternoon again Owen six in his last six really good starts um plus anthony volpe post chicken parm the numbers are actually getting <laughs> kind of legit um and john carl standing in the outfield versus not in the outfield he's a different guy uh so that was obvious last night maybe it'll be obvious moving forward the Yankees. Maybe it won't be, but you can find us talking about all these things and more on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, if you love the audio feed, live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time, perfectly timed after an El Perfecto to discuss the first perfect game thrown by a Dominican pitcher in the history of baseball. And there are 99 big leaguers from Domingo Herman's tiny town of San Pedro de Macorís. Most of them are shortstops. Domingo is a pitcher. He's an okay one. And last night he was without flaw on the mound. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Before we get into it, you got an offer for the listener. Woo, I do. Hey, Yankees fans. Hello, any other fans in the chat? We're happy to have you. We have an awesome sports betting promo for new Bet365 users. If you're interested, all you have to do, it's very simple. You deposit $10 as a first-time um, uh, joiner of the app, or you know, you head on over to bet365.com. Deposit that 10 bucks, place a $1 wager on any sport, and you'll instantly receive $200 in your account in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is use the code YGYBetting at sign up, place that $1 wager, and boom, $200 in bonus bets right in your account. Also, by using the code YGYBetting, you'll not only receive those $200 in bonus bets, you'll be directly supporting the podcast. And Adam and I, isn't that nice? It's nice to have nice things. So if you haven't signed up, 
For Bet365 yet, please join with the code YGYBetting and place that first bet. This offer is available for new customers only who are 21 and older and physically present in most legal gambling states, so be sure to look at the terms and conditions in the description of this episode. Please always, always remember to gamble responsibly. Um, man, what were the odds on Domingo Herman pitching a perfect game? Do, do they let you? Do they let I you? Do. I don't know. Bet three six five lets you randomly bet perfect game, yes, no on every single baseball game. But I would say if you're going to be betting against, if you're going to be betting that betting on whoever's throwing against the Oakland A's, not a horrible bet. Same with no. the Kansas City Royals. Uh, considering your odds are probably going to be astronomical. Domingo coming off the two worst starts any Yankee has had this season. Yeah. Except for maybe that Brito Twins game, which is, I, I don't know, it's hard to compare terrible starts. They're all bad, but the last two Domingo starts were dreadful. Now, four pitchers in the Yankees history have thrown perfect games. Mike Messina was one out away. All the Yankees have completed them. Start their names with D. Domingo, David Cohn, David Wells, and Don Larson. This is the 24th in baseball history, first since 2012. I thought, I think yesterday, um, I, I also sort of thought, is this the last perfect game ever? Like, are we ever going to get a perfect game again? Domingo Herman getting through the A's on 99 pitches, uh, rarely getting to three ball counts. Clayton Kershaw last year, seven innings perfect against the Twins in Minnesota on 80 pitches. And Dave Roberts said, it's too early in the year. I don't want him throwing a complete game. I'm yanking him. If you're yanking Clayton Kershaw, 80 pitches through seven innings into a perfect game, Herman managed to get the job done because it was 11-0. It was 8-0 for a while. There was really no pressure on Boone. And Herman is not a generational talent or a rookie or someone you're really trying to protect. He kept his pitch count down. Perfect storm. Good for him. But if Kershaw gets removed at that point, things really had to fall in place perfectly for Herman to A, not pile up too much pitching on B, not get taken out. And C, be facing the Oakland A's, who were increasingly swinging at the first pitch as the game went on. Shea yeah. Langoliers that are particularly bad at that in the ninth, where he was just kind of like, I'm swinging at this. Oh, I popped it up. Oh, well, that's two outs in the ninth inning of a perfect game. Just putting no pressure on the opposing pitcher at all. Um, he faced two huge delays. Injury delay in the seventh, where the A's reliever had to get removed. And inning where the Yankees scored so many runs that he had to go throw in the bullpen. Don't forget, he also had to face a minor delay with two outs in the eighth. Random baseball rolled on the field uh, from the A's bullpen and caught somebody had to go get it. There was like right when he was in rhythm and it started doing that thing where baseball broadcasts cut away to different people's faces. And so I was like, is there a streaker on the field? But no, it was a baseball rolling around. But two really long delays, one rhythm cutting delay. He got to 3-1 in the count on that batter after the ball rolled around. Still managed to fight back and get him on the full count. Um, just a brilliant start by Domingo Herman, and only really one great defensive play from Anthony Rizzo too. This was a perfect game, something you may never see again, and it was kind of easy. He got ahead in every. If you watch the re, because uh, I watched the replay again this morning, it was 0-1 on so many counts, and that's what so many Yankees pitchers have failed to do in recent years: is get ahead of the count. So it's allowed hitters to get so comfortable against pitcher, you know, like when Garrett Cole's off, you see one Oh two Oh counts. Then someone's feasting on the fastball. Um, not only did Herman just have his stuff. He, you saw how he was, he was dotting the corners and then he was barely, you know, throwing the ball off the plate. So the batters felt they had to protect, but he was getting ahead of every single batter. And when you're doing that against a triple a esque lineup, you're probably going to come close to perfection. Still, 
hard to throw a perfect game. So anyone who's trying to devalue this, everyone's trying to devalue this in many a way can get into it very quickly. Don't want to dwell on it for too long, but one, it doesn't count if it's against the A's. Um, I mean, it's not my problem that the A's decided to field this team. It's did I miss something? Did everybody else perfect yeah, yeah. game them? Are Who we 90 is- games? Are we 90 games into 90 perfect games against the Oakland A's? Yeah. Like I kind of missed that. I, I, I yeah, and for someone, uh, if it was Garrett Cole doing this, I guess you could sit back and be like, oh well, you know, it's one of the best pitchers in MLB, bulldozing AAA batters. It's Domingo Herman with a career four-two ERA going in there, or it might even be worse than that after his last. Uh, his previous two starts before this going in there and having his stuff and getting the job done. Um, and then you also have the people who are, you know, um, rightfully upset about his domestic violence suspension about four years ago. Now um, we've been very vocal about that on yanksgoyard.com on this podcast. My position not? on Domingo Herman has not changed. No, I don't think you should be on the roster and I never did. Yeah. I think if he got cut tomorrow in theory, he got cut tomorrow. I don't think Yankee, many Yankees fans would bat an eye. Um, I don't know what his journey has been. I don't know what his wife's journey has been since that incident. Um, but it does bug me to an extent when anybody who's had any sort of transgression in their past has an inkling of success or a very large moment of success. And then everyone's just waiting on Twitter. Everyone's waiting on Facebook. Everyone's waiting on Instagram to be the front of the line to make sure that everyone remembered, hey, Back in 2019, Domingo Herman had the longest at the time suspension for a domestic violence incident. Yeah, we know. We've been talking about it for three years. We wanted him released as early as this offseason when uh, we, we felt like they could have upgraded in a, in a more meaningful way. We wanted him traded when he had any sort of value so they could have gotten something back in return to address another area of this roster that um, w- was clearly experiencing some sort of deficiency. Um, why are we going to beat the drum though of this incident, everybody knows about it. It's been well-documented. There are plenty of, pl- I'm not saying that it takes, there's any, uh, it's any uh, of lesser significance because other players that are more famous have been involved in similar situations that have experienced much greater success. But, you know, I would bet that Domingo Herman and his wife have been doing a lot of work to put this behind them. Um, I don't know personally what they have been doing neither do you which is why a lot of the commentary on this whole thing is very annoying because everyone acts as if they know um what the journey has been they know people are questioning has domingo herman really worked on the things that he's had to work on since he's done how the fuck do you know you have no idea the best evidence that we have and that we know of are his teammates talking about it a couple of teammates have said that he's made strides reconciliations and whatnot I wasn't sold by his apology in 2021 when he finally came back. I thought it was very weak. He had two. He had almost two years to prepare for it. It didn't sway me in any way. It actually, uh, it actually moved us, you know, further in the direction of saying just release him now. Why are we sitting yeah. there? The articles are all. We wrote an article today on it on yanksguard.com. I linked to every single article that we had that endorsed his release or his trade or whatever it was. So, And as soon as the game ended last night, 800 to 900, oh. you were reading an article that we wrote in 2021 saying he should be released after the new details emerged. And guess what? That's not a freezing cold take. Should have been released after the new details emerged. And he wasn't. I, I, we don't control the Yankees personnel. I, wish, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what you want to be done. Um, there are plenty of people who have had imperfect lives, have made imperfect decisions. That doesn't make what he did – um, you know, excusable or forgivable, but I mean, 
if he's trying to move past it and making the amends that he needs to in his life, then that's the best that a human being can do. Wish this didn't happen. I'm sure he wished he, it didn't happen, but the toxicity surrounding this, the fact that people feel like they need to be at the front of the line for their own self-righteous needs to ensure that, you know, their online footprint will be like, Hey, don't you worry. I've always been against Domingo Herman, you know, back in 2020 and in 2040, when you're telling your, uh, when your kids about this, Hey, look at my tweet from 2023 when Domingo Herman completed his perfect game. I was the first one there to remind everybody he's a piece of shit. Well, um, joke's, on them. jokes on them. Cause Twitter's going to get shut down by July. <laughs> so they won't be able to show that to anybody. Yeah. So I, I, it's just, it's, a, it'd be annoying for me if it was any other athlete in any other situation. Um, it's just, this is what social media has become. It's everyone trying to make themselves look better to make it about themselves and how they paint, you know, their online uh, or how they paint the picture of themselves online. And it's just exhausting because anybody who's watched baseball knows who Domingo Herman is. They know what he did. We don't need incessant reminders about it, especially when, it's been made clear that, you know, the parties are trying to um, get in a better place and put it behind them and not have it be at the forefront. Um, and it, it's this type of stuff in society is what bugs me because um, second chances are like a real thing for people. We, we try to, we try to find the best in humans on a, on a daily basis, even when they're very, uh, even when they're very fallible. And this stuff is just, I wouldn't say this is supposed to be like a very good story. Oh, Domingo Herman threw a perfect game, got over, you know, some own personal decisions that he made that were poor in the past. It's yeah. like, we're not saying that, but also like, let's maybe enjoy the perfect game. It's the 24th in MLB history. It's a historic moment. And uh, just not have all of you people with 300 followers out there reminding everybody that he did something bad before. I don't know. That's, that's my opinion on it. Well, yeah, I, I mean, the, the thing is, nobody is, is defending him whatsoever no. in this moment. Absolutely nobody is standing on their soapbox to to say that because mm -hmm. he threw a perfect game, what he did is acceptable. Like, it's not – some people are calling it a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. It was, it was a horrible <laughs> action. It was a crime. It was something that he paid for yeah. in the longest domestic violence suspension in Major League Baseball history for a non-criminal offense, right? It happened at a Yankees charity event. The, it was reported to the Yankees. The Yankees turned him in because they wanted him off the team as soon as possible. It costs that stupidity cost the team a playoff run in 2019. Um, and so when that happened, I was in favor of getting him as far away from the team as possible. When he came back and was allowed back into baseball and new details of what happened emerged, I wanted him even further away from the team. I am not going to say, oh, because he threw a no-hitter, now I think they should extend him. No, I, I don't think Domingo Herman has a place on this team long-term and life would be simpler if they'd gotten rid of him several years ago. Cause then you wouldn't be hearing from Red Sox fans about how, and other teams fans about the Yankees aid and abet people who do things like this. Um, my position on Domingo Herman has been completely consistent. I wish anyone else threw that game last night, but he is here. He is on the roster. And what did happen was historic. Um, so I think you have to mention it. It's not out of bounds to mention it, but this is about Kyle Higashioka. This is about Anthony Rizzo making a diving play down the line. This is about ruthless efficiency from a New York Yankees defense that has been horrific this year. If I told you the Yankees, uh, you know, got a perfect game this year, you would ask me all the, you would say against who, who threw it, et cetera. But then you'd be like, they didn't make an error. It was, it was a, it was a perfect game, right? Not a no hitter. Like this has been one of the most average acrid you know regressing defensive teams they smell bad on defense 
Anthony Volpe's been largely good, made a couple weird funky errors about a month ago, got reputation for, you know, his arm strength not being so great. Josh Donaldson made one of the worst plays you'll ever see in Herman's start at Fenway a week ago, and again in Herman's start against Seattle at Yankee Stadium. Uh, they play a bunch of first basemen and DHs in the outfield. Giancarlo Stanton was in right field yesterday. They tempted fate by putting Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield in a game at the Oakland Coliseum where there is 150 feet of foul territory on both sides of the playing field. And that didn't factor in. Just an unbelievable number of things have to happen for a perfect game to occur. And this is Kyle Higashioka's second no-hitter in three seasons in two years. He caught Corey Kluber's. In 2021, he caught Herman's last night. He is the Yankees' backup catcher, and he is now set for life financially post-career. He's never going to get a long-term deal. He is never going to sign a multi-year contract. He's good enough as a backup catcher that he's going to get five years longer, you know, minor league invites to spring training than he probably he'll he'll keep making baseball money until he's 38 or 37. He could be Eric Kratz. He's got more power than Eric Kratz, but. After his career is over, 30 years after that, David Cohn talked about this, he is going to be asked to go to autograph shows for the rest of his life. Not because he was the 23rd most important player on the late 2019s to 2023 Yankees, but because he caught a perfect game. Herman's going to be there too. He is going to be asked to sign this photo for the rest of his life. It was a life-changing moment for a lot of people other than just Domingo Herman, And it was legitimate history, the likes of which we may never see again. Um, I it, it was hard to fat. We, we saw three in 2012, which is like a real like uh, moment. But Felix Hernandez threw one. Phil Umber threw one. Uh, God, who was the other? I think Matt Cain threw one that same year. I got to pull up the list of perfect games now. Um, because this is, this is what we have to do. We now have to talk about the list of perfect games because the Yankees threw a perfect game last night in a game which many of you I don't think watched. I no. think you probably went to bed up 5 nothing. If you, I did. You I 100% did. It. I said, I this is did. not happening. I almost did. I said, I'm not staying up for this, not, for this to be broken up in the eighth. Are you crazy? Call me a I bad fan. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Here. Yeah, I tried to get a bet at 1015. Uh, April 21st, 2012, Phil Umber threw one. 96 pitches For against who? the Mariners. Uh, what? What team was he on? White Sox. Oh, and uh, he, the last out was a full count pitch, a curveball in the other batter's box that Brendan Ryan checked his swing on. And the umpire called him out because I think you have to. You'd rather see a perfect game than not see a perfect game. Yeah. But Brendan Ryan was like, what the fuck, man? And I think it was probably not a swing, but he was like, I got to watch a perfect game. Uh, so that one even is a little in doubt. Matt Kane struck out 14, took 125 pitches to do it, June 13th, 2012. And then that- his career was over after that. We're not going to see a lot of that. I don't think guys are going to throw 125 pitches to try to get a perfect game, striking out 14 very often. And Felix Hernandez, 113, 12Ks, August 2012. And his career didn't last much longer after that. Wild. You go back, Roy Halladay did it in 2010, one of the true gods of the game. Dallas Braden did it in 2010 as well. Burley did it in 2009. You started to get spoiled. I don't know. We, we got, from 2009 to 2012, we got six of these. And now after... Entering last night's game, if you asked me, are we ever going to see one again? I would have been like 30% chance we do, 70, 70% chance we don't. And now um, just reset that clock. The A's haven't been no hit since 1991. I was out in San Francisco last week. They were selling shirts that said no hitter streak. I think it passed 5,000 games a couple weeks ago. And they had a shirt printed up with the date that said, you know, no hitter streak, Oakland Coliseum or whatnot. Um, very, 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 very improbable occurrences last night. Yeah, um, I uh, I can't believe I I went to bed. I really would have like I would have enjoyed watching this. I I got my fill when the Yankees scored runs, and yeah. uh, I think that was uh, that was good enough for me. It was nice to see some, but again, this the sad reality. Well, you know, look, if they had lost last night or there wasn't a perfect game, we'd probably be talking about um, contracts they need to unload at the trade deadline. That might yeah. just be reserved for next week. Now we'll do it. We'll um, do it next week. We'll do yeah, it. we'll do it next week, guys. Don't worry. But. Yeah, the reality is, is Yankees should be doing this against teams like the Athletics. They should be sweeping teams like the Athletics. Um, today is the rubber match, so hopefully they could just win the series. Um, and thankfully, I wasn't enough for the A's troll, apparent troll. We uh, we're still trying to figure it out. We're still trying to figure out who did this. Um, they played "Hit Me, Baby" one more time in the ninth inning before Herman went out to the mound. We were talking about this this morning. Um, I get why that might be uh, some sort of tactic to say, hey, hit Herman one more time. The only problem is they didn't hit him at all. So how are you going to hit him one more time if you haven't hit him yet? Um, so many people were assuming that this was a dig at his domestic violence suspension, which would have been pretty which would have been a low blow. I'll tip my cap to that though if we want to if we want to have some fun and you know for the for all the comedians out there. Um, you know, we don't, we don't want to, uh, we don't want to tread on the wrong side of that, but, um, yeah, I don't know if we should be laughing at that in a larger public forum, um, especially because it was a perfect game. So, you know, it's getting a lot more attention than your average game. I know this is in Oakland, so there probably weren't a ton of people in attendance. Um, although it probably was higher than their usual ones. Cause it is the Yankees coming to town. You know, those games are always have more people, um, in the stands, but, um, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. I don't know if we're ever going to get clear answers on it, but it definitely did motivate all the people on social media who we were talking about earlier 
to come out and say what they wanted to say and felt like, you know, they were joining in and chiming in on a conversation that was fun to beat somebody else down. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll laugh at it. I don't know if that makes me bad, bad guy, but um, you know, I appreciate some stuff like this. I just don't know if it was necessarily healthy for the, for, for the uh, baseball community at large. Yeah. Um, It was, it was a shockingly not fun night for a lot of people. Obviously it's very complicated for us and for, for many, but it's, yeah, a lot of people treated it with like, if that was a troll treating Domingo Herman's real horrific actions that lightly just to get, just to get a viral moment. Like that's worse than anything uh, except uh, obviously it's, it's not worse than the act, but it's like, it's, I don't understand. It, it's what he did is one of, is a horrific act. And one thing I'll never do is people are often like mixing and matching these different acts that athletes have done where they're like, is this worse than this? My guy did this. Your guy did this. What about this? Like <laughs> they're all, I'm not, there's no scale to compare these horrible actions that people did, but no. these, these things in these athletes pasts are awful. And if they're going to dog them, they should dog them seriously. They should not dog them comedically so that you can get a bunch of retweets from people going like oh my god so savage that they played that like no it's not it's not savage it's not funny it's wholly wildly inappropriate yeah so i won't laugh that doesn't make me a bad person you sold no, it is what it is um yeah you want to make a joke about it in like you know the in like a comedy club sure i don't know if you're you know with the family at the ballpark i don't know if yeah. that's i don't know if that's the mood but yeah I mean, congratulations Congratulations to Domingo Herman. Congratulations to all the haters. You got your word out there. Everybody heard you. You are important. Uh, Domingo Herman, his uncle passed away a couple couple days ago. That was another uh, novelty aspect of this story. Uh, he was very upset in the clubhouse. Um, uh, that one was for Tio. Uh, very nice. Um, and now the Yankees are seemingly, but the Yankees are fooling us because now they're going to pretend like they're a little bit back on track, that we had a little bit of offensive awakening without Jake Bowers and Billy McKinney in the lineup, which is, again, the same case today. Don't know if that's good or bad, but benched again against a lefty. Um, and now we, yeah, now we have to uh, we have to sit back and hope that they can maintain a semblance of this momentum because the Yankees are famous for squashing their own momentum in its tracks. Um, and I don't know if you can get more momentum than this. Perfect game. Bats awaken for 11 runs. I know they had some help because the A's were playing a minor league defense, but here we are. Matinee game. Be nice to get a win. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we're doing the podcast for the game because I don't feel totally confident. The, the first game of the series was exactly what you expected going into Oakland. Yeah. Every, we, we Yankee fans, some on Twitter succumbed to that Red Sox disease we were talking about the other day where all the Red Sox fans going, what the hell? Why can't the Red Sox beat bad teams? And it's like, you're not good either. You also are kind of a bad team. <laughs> Yankee fans doing like, I can't believe Oakland is shutting us down. It's like, Paul Blackburn, he was in the All-Star game last year. The Yankees have the worst offense in Major League Baseball. Like, I'm not shocked by this at all. I would have vastly preferred they scored some runs. But getting to the end of that game, being like, man, they scored one run. It was a Josh Donaldson home run. And then they put two guys on in the eighth and ninth. Couldn't get him across. What the hell happened? You can't do that against Oakland. They can do that against anybody. So I wasn't expecting a, a more bun 2-1 loss opening that series. But when it happened i was like yeah i mean that's a completely reasonable outcome for this game it was a bummer to watch i didn't like it still don't like it but now they yeah they have a chance to rectify that against it they didn't score for like four innings against jp sears yesterday either how about the josh donaldson thing where they're oh and six 
in these seven games in which he homers. He still yesterday hit a sack fly. Uh, he also he had a hit a, he had a double with runners in scoring position late in that game. That was his first hit with runners in scoring position this season. I think he's one for 17 now. Um, but it was also his third hit on the year that was not a home run. And the first extra base hit from Josh Donaldson that stayed in the park this year. That is uh, true. That's an accurate statement. Um, the Yankees clearly use this as some kind of get right series for Donaldson. They benched him at home. You can't really blame him either. Like they benched him at home against the real team. Like, oh, he's got to, he, he can't face Texas. They're a real team. Uh, and it's a Yankee stadium. He can't play. And, you know, it's a stadium with all our fans in it. He can't play there. But go on the road. Oakland, last place, historically bad team. Like, yeah, he's starting all these games. And you can't talk Boone out of it because we got to get him going. Um, home run and a double, probably the most you're ever going to get him going. And, and the home run, of course, came in a loss because they all do. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this last time. I think maybe they're going to do their best to play him as much on the road as possible. There was a conversation. <laughs> I watched the in- the postgame interview uh, after Sunday when they were asking Donaldson what the meeting was about. And he was saying it had nothing to do with the playing time and nothing to yeah. do with the decision. We were just talking. Oh, you, yeah. You and Aaron Boone were just having a casual conversation. And uh, Aaron Boone was like, hey, you know what, Josh? Like, I do want to know what you had for dinner last night. I don't care about the press conference I have in three minutes. Let's keep this going. I'll be 30 minutes late. Tell me about what you had the night before. Tell me about how you cut your hand when you were hanging out with your daughter. I need to know all these details. So our belief, because obviously the Yankees never tell the truth and they'll never give us any insight into these types of decisions, is that they probably want to do some sort of a get right, like you said, with Donaldson playing a little bit more away from home because the fan base is a little bit relentless with him, as was the case with Aaron Hicks. Um, And the conversation was probably like, look, here's your role until the trade deadline. And we're going to guess figure out what might happen after that or during that um, as the, as everything kind of materializes over the next month. And that's going to be that. And I'm sure Donaldson took exception to that, which is why it took another 30 minutes to have the conversation (laughs) than it normally would have. Um, And I think it's the better decision because he's clearly a little bit spooked at home and spooked in Fenway clearly because he's been a nail. He's been nails on defense for most of his time here. And then his one slip up last year in Fenway leads to that disastrous um, slide that the Yankees had in July um, that, you know, put them in that really bad position um, once August rolled around. And then this year he has another error at Fenway that opens the floodgates for the Red Sox to continue scoring. Um, and now you've seen that he's been getting booed relentlessly at home. He's been a little bit shaky too. So I think the move is to play him as much as they can on the road, sparingly use him at home because they have the resources for somebody else to play third base. They also need DJ LeMahieu to get regular playing time because he's a more valuable hitter than Donaldson. And it's more important that he gets back on track than Donaldson considering we know how important DJ LeMayo is to the Yankees. And we have no idea what Donaldson's importance would be to the Yankees, even if he was performing above average. So that's my theory on it. Um, I think it's probably the smart way to go about it. I wish it didn't come in the form of all the drama that was on Sunday, but you know, we're, we're seeing positive results in the first series away from home. I know it's against the A's. So I think the Cardinal situation um, coming up this weekend will give us some more answers. Um, 
but yeah, I think that's probably the approach they have to have with him. And he's just going to have to understand that that's the reality. Cause you just laid out all those statistics and none of them are good. Hey, Josh, we got another 30 minutes. I got something to talk to you about. What's up, man? We have an awesome sports betting promo for you. If you are a new bet three, six, five user, not sure if you are, um hey honestly that might be an easy way to get you off the roster too if you already are a bet 365 user maybe check the history see if you've been doing it in the dugout i don't know all you have to do is deposit ten dollars and place a one dollar wager on any sport you'll instantly receive the two hundred dollars added to your account in bonus bets whether you win or lose all you have to do is use the code ygy betting at sign up it is right on the screen if you have not uh if you've been playing along with us watching along with us this whole time right in the screen by using that code YGY betting, you not only receive the $200 in bonuses, but you will also be directly supporting the podcast. If you haven't signed up for Bet365, join with the code YGY betting and place that first bet. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Anthony Volpe. Can a chicken parm sandwich be a hitting coach? Since his dinner with the chicken parm, uh, there were a couple games when he looked good. There were a couple games when he looked bad. Before his double at the end of Sunday's win over Texas, people were still kind of tweeting, Anthony Volpe's broken. So I can't act like, hey, it's, he's been totally fixed for two weeks now and everybody agrees upon that. That said, 13 games, 333, 422, 539, triple slash, 961 OPS. And he is going to all fields and he is hitting doubles, not just homers. And he bunted yesterday playing some baseball. That was cool. Got that runner on second, drag bunt, safe at first, wild throw, run scores, goes to second, steals third, scores on a single. Anthony Volpe playing relaxed again, playing the game of baseball. The Yankees also, for all the Aaron Boone can't manage people, People were on my ass last week about like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's the sloppiest. It never does anything. Like, well, put on some plays there in the fifth inning. It directly led to a massive inning for the New York Yankees. So um, I don't know what to tell you. It seemed like Aaron Boone decided to do something and try something. That's really all I can tell you. Um, Volpe, like, again, not all the way back. I'm not declaring him like, oh, he's Jeter again. He's Jeter. He's, he's officially Jeter again. Like, I've seen enough. But I needed to see something. We were definitely at the breaking point where every sad day you wake up, check the box score, go, did he get a hit that I forgot? Or probably not, right? Still no hits today? God damn it. You're just kind of exhaling like another one. Another. You're really close. Neither of us wanted to demote him. But you're really close to that breaking point where you're like, I don't think this is the right idea. I'm going to be against this, but also probably has to happen because every single day his average goes down five more points. Like you can't let him get to 160. Can't let him get to 140. You can't have a guy in a full season batting 122. So how much longer are we going to let him get to 0 for 100 or are we going to finally pull the plug? Now he's back up to 208. Uh, 285 OBP, 659 OPS, 10 bombs, 28 RBI, and 16 stole bases. All look a lot better when the numbers are climbing a little bit. 421, 8 for 19 in his last seven games played. Are you beginning to get a little bit more confident? And again, I reiterate, what sandwich would make the best hitting coach? Oh, man. Definitely not meatball. No. Mufaletta, have you ever had one of those? A what? A A mufaletta, like the the New Orleans special. It's just like meat, 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 cheese, olive bread. Like, that'd be a decent one because it would motivate me to just – 
I would have half of it and then do a hitting session and then have the other half because I wouldn't want <laughs> to get bogged down and and you know you, you know that sandwich feeling when you're yeah you're a big old sandwich of course yeah sausage and peppers would be too messy sloppy Joe too messy I would just say chicken cutlet chicken cutlet no so I know chicken parm was the move here for him so yeah I mean I would support that but if we just did chicken cutlet with like maybe some hot pepper spread some provolone cheese um, yeah. maybe some arugula on there nice and neat. And then you can really, you'll really have the energy that you need. You won't feel too bogged down. Thinking um, about a pesto, pesto on yeah, a cut. Could do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, nine game on base streak for Anthony Volpe. Am I confident that he's back? Um, no. I mean, I'm confident that he is trending in the right direction. I like what I'm seeing because you're seeing a good mix of stuff, right? He's working walks back into the equation, which was a really big problem. Since uh, the middle of May, he's now walked, um, what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six times um, since June 16th, on top of getting all these hits over the last week and a half or so. You see a couple of things that have improved too. His pitch selection is a little bit more patient, and he's mixing that in with aggression at the right times. Um, So he's swinging at the right first pitch. He's not being overzealous. I like the mixing the bunt in there. He should be doing that more often. He should have been doing that more often when he was slumping because that's an easy way to throw the defense off with your speed um, and possibly just find a hole in the infield. Um, So you can't be discouraged by his average going up from 186 on June 11th to 208 right now. His OPS was at 605. Now it's at 658. That's an improvement. And we have a clear marker and a checkpoint based on when he – looked at his swing with his friends and said, I need to fix something here. If you look over in LA right now, the Dodgers have a similar issue. Miguel Vargas, who I'd say was probably somewhat equally lauded as Anthony Volpe to an extent in terms of prospect pedigree. Uh, Volpe's ascension may have been a little bit more uh, well-known and, um, a little, a little bit more in your face because he's a Yankee. He was a shortstop and he really burst onto the scene in 2021. Whereas Miguel Vargas was kind of just a guy who produced at all levels of the minors, never really had a slump, a slump or an issue to be concerned about versatile defender. Um, now he is slumping big time. He went, he's at 198 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, his walks have taken a little bit of a hit. His OPS is in the 600s. The Dodgers gave him a little bit of a breather during this current series against the Rockies. The Yankees have not done that. The Yankees were committed to having Anthony Volpe work this out. I don't know which one of the two approaches would work better. My philosophy is that if you're taking away playing time from someone who kind of needs everyday playing time to figure it out, you're probably doing them a disservice in no, in I we've been watching baseball for a long time. There are very few players who can adapt properly to part-time playing time. Pinch hitters who have been successful over the years. There's not many fourth outfielders who have been successful over the years. There's really not that many. It's a hard thing to do, um, especially if you don't have the right mind for it. Think about like we're about to talk about John Carlos Stanton. When John Carlos Stanton is a DH, think about that life. When you're in a slump as a DH, you have nothing to go back on. You're going, you're returning to the bench, you're sitting down, and you're being reminded of how much you sucked in the last two or three at bats. You don't have the field to distract you. You don't have another job to kind of distract you. So I think that the Yankees, it would have been nice if the hitting, if the hitting coach figured this out or the coaching staff figured it out, but Anthony Volpe took it upon himself to see what was wrong. The Yankees showed their faith in, 
him by vocalizing it from the owner down. Hal Steinbrenner said he ain't going down. Brian Cashman reiterated that. Aaron Boone reiterated that um, all on a multi, uh, multiple occasions. So I'm encouraged by what we're seeing. This is progress. You had to have guessed that this season was going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. No prospect, no rookies. Development is linear. Um, I mean, some are. Uh, very rare they are. But we're in a situation here where um, it's clear the talent is there. It's clear the ability to perform on a big stage is there. It's just finding that consistency. Um, you also have to remember that these teams had gotten film on Anthony Volpe after the first month of play. So they probably were able to find, okay, here's how we're going to attack him. Here's what his weaknesses are. And obviously major league teams are going to do that in – in a very efficient manner because that's their jobs when they're doing these scouting reports and they're coming up with the game plans. So now that we've had, we're at three full months now heading into a very pivotal July. I am optimistic with what we will see for the next month. Um, especially now that the lineup is having more consistent playing time with the players who are available. We're not exactly welcoming guys um, back as frequently, you know, people coming in and out of the lineup with injuries um, life is going to be unfortunate for a little while because I don't think we're going to be seeing Aaron Judge until August, even though he did. He's throwing on the field yesterday for the first time, so that was nice. Yeah. Um, but, yes, in short, I like what I've seen from Anthony Volpe. The strides have been encouraging. Um, the the adaption in his game all around since, you know, mid-May until mid-June um, and what we've seen over the last two weeks has been considerable. Yeah, is he going to pass James Outman at some point? Like right. the, the talk of the talk of the NL versus the biggest problem in the American League. Volpe at obviously ten homers. I just read that off. Outman stuck on nine, thirty-five RBI for Outman, only eight stolen bases for Outman. Volpe's doubling him up, and Outman hitting two thirty-five with a seven thirty-six OPS, three seventeen OBP. He's just like thirty points higher on everything. So Volpe yeah. has a shot uh, at all those numbers as Outman continues to struggle. Yeah, Judge, what was that? Was he playing catch yesterday? Playing catch. Catholic? Was he having a catch? Uh, was he distracting from the narrative? One of those three. I don't remember. It's a regional thing. It's, I think in the East Coast, it's called having a catch. And in the West Coast, it's called distracting from the injury narrative. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, he was on the field. It was nice to see. Um, and his celebration at the end of the perfect game was basically like he did not get in a group of people jumping around. Nope. Uh, shouldn't have. I think I would have been a lot angrier if I'd seen him leaping oh, and punching Domingo Ramon springboarding off that toe he was sort of on the outside just being like yeah very cool running in his own pace which uh way better honestly maybe i didn't even need to see him in that pile but it was nice that he was there um also often injured Giancarlo stan um number since 2022 don't lie i don't know about i don't know what his future is like i don't know how effective a player he's going to be but as a dh entering yesterday uh, he didn't DH yesterday, so these stats are still up to date. Uh, 186, 281, 423, and 385 plate appearances. As an outfielder entering yesterday's game, 251, 302, 503. Still not great. Competent. Yesterday proved that he can still do the Giancarlo Stanton thing. In case your worry was like, oh, he just can't. He can't hit a ball 115 miles an hour anymore. He, he can't hit a hole. He can't do anything. He scalded at a single, two-run single, low fastball he's beginning worse and worse at hitting fastballs and he hit a monster home run to start the scoring when you thought this is going to be another low scoring game a classic 2023 yankees contest he went way out to left field uh and, and hit a stantonio shot so it's going to be tough to keep him in the outfield they don't want him playing left field at yankee stadium they obviously want judge 
playing right. So his future is still going to be as a DH more often than not. The question is just how much more often at this point, I think. And you got to get him in the outfield sometimes. You just do. Yeah, because what's the alternative, right? The alternative is that he maybe gets injured playing the outfield and then he's out anyway, as opposed to just being locked in the DH spot and not producing. Not that I'm rooting for – yeah. Not that I'm saying, hey, what's the difference if he's in the lineup or if he's injured? There's obviously a difference. His presence in the lineup helps, especially when everybody's healthy. But you can't be operating worrying about injury all the time. Injury is just the reality of the game. It's a sad reality for the Yankees, and it's something that they have to figure out a way to cope with. John Carlos Stanton, you're paying – it's like 20 – Including this year, it's like $26 million a year with the Marlins subsidizing the contract until he's no longer with the team, which is, what, 2027 after the 2027 season? Um, so the Yankees need to find a way to make him as effective as possible. His tenure so far has been largely underwhelming. I know that that's it, – it's a sad thing to say because I, Giancarlo Stanton as a person is great. He says all the right things. He takes accountability for his actions. He knows the importance um, of his ability to perform to this team, and he vocalizes that constantly. Whether it's the injuries, whether it's his approach, whether it's his ever-changing batting stance, the, the results just haven't been what we were expecting or what anybody was expecting. I'm sure Brian Cashman made that trade expecting a lot more since it was kind of his ass was on the line for inheriting at the time, the largest contract in North American sports. John Carlos Santon's $325 million deal at that point was the largest contract in North American sports. And you got a good 2018 out of him, especially when judge missed all that time. But then 2019, he misses a, a what he plays in 20 games then comes back for the ALCS for one game and then can't play anymore because of a quad issue. How bad was the quad issue? I would like to know. That's kind of crazy that he can't be in there because of a quad. He can't be standing in the batter's box because of a quad issue. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but then he comes back 2020. It's a short and 60 game season. He plays in 23 games and he dominates the Rays, but the Yankees lose that series anyway. Then 2021 comes. Um, he was healthy for all of that one, right? But it was the worst year of Yankees baseball, Yankees winning record baseball that we've maybe ever seen. Um, or Yankees play. I did not, yeah, I did not enjoy that season at all. One of the worst played. seasons you'll ever see from a 90-win team. Um, and then last year, tremendous first half, all-star, wins all-star game MVP. We're kind of singing his praises. We're like, wow, the career, the Yankees career is finally coming full circle. Like, this is beautiful. This is so nice. And then he's injured for the entire second half pretty much. Yeah. So, and then he starts this year injured. The Yankees need to figure out a way to just – maximize his time on the field to be the best that it could possibly be. Because at this point it's evident you're just not going to avoid injuries. This is a reality with Giancarlo Stanton. Um, and they can't afford to continue, I guess, in theory, flushing this money down the drain. He needs to be the absolute best he could possibly be when he's on the field, whether it's for 50 games, whether it's for 130 games, I don't care what it is. He needs to be, he can't be slumping like he's been since he's coming off the IL. He's He was essentially a non-factor. He was essentially a number nine hitter. Um, and the Yankees can't afford that, especially when they're in a situation like this where they have other injury, injuries, they have other underperforming players. So 
Can't be scared. Giancarlo Stanton needs to play the outfield. I understand there will be days he needs to DH, but the lineup does still need to remain flexible over the years because you have DJ LeMahieu under contract. There's going to be days where he needs to come off his feet. You have Glaber Torres ostensibly under contract through 2024. You want days with him taking mental rests on defense because he can't handle it. Josh Donaldson's here for the rest of the year. There's days you're going to want him off his feet. Aaron Judge, if he's dealing with this toe issue for the remainder of the season, he's going to need DH reps this year. So the Yankees really need to figure this out, and they need to just throw caution to the wind and operate without fear because then they're really doing themselves a disservice. Team option next year for Donaldson, too. So you don't, maybe he'll be here another year. Who Talk knows? Our beautiful, our beautiful Josh Donaldson relationship. That's what he and Aaron Boone were talking about, I think. The mechanics of when to pick up the team option, when everybody will be least upset. Maybe today's the day in the wake of Domingo Herman's perfect game. Maybe we just go for it. I mean, Donaldson recorded the final out. Um, and what an indelible too. Um, I mean, that is just the icing on the shit cake was like <laughs> was the final out being recorded by Josh Donaldson. So you have to think about him every time you see that highlight, even if you've already had your many unpleasant Domingo Herman conversations and associations, you have to think about Josh Donaldson now. Uh, very fun. Um, yeah. Fun. Fun. We had fun. We had fun. Hey, it's a, it's Yankees a legend, game. Josh Donaldson. Yankees legend, Yankees icon, Josh Donaldson. Two full years here. Stanton was so good in 2019 when he played 18 games, 72 play appearances, three homers, 13 ribs. Hit 288, 138 OPS plus. Yep. 18, 18 games. That is just, and that was the second year here. Like, what a what a gut punch that was. That is so terrible. And, and again, nobody's fault. It's just bad luck. I mean, the Yankees, again, their fault. They acquired a very big contract knowing his injury history. I know his injury history was largely with his knees, right? That was like the main uh, issue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he had knee issues with the Marlins, and it was like, you're going to acquire a guy this big with knee issues. Like that's really concerning. And then a million other issues pop up that are unrelated to his, it may be related to his knee. If he's having all these soft tissues, tissue injuries with his hamstring, with his, uh, with his quad, with his calf. I don't know if that's all related in some capacity, but you know, it's unfortunate for him because he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't deserve it. I mean, I think he, he the only time anyone deserves criticism is when they're on the field, they're fully healthy and they're dreadful. And there have been spells where John Carlos Stanton's been like that, but um, I don't. We're not going to be. We're not going to be criticizing someone for being injured. There's really nothing that can be done. You can criticize the decision makers from perhaps acquiring an injury-prone player, as the Yankees have done countless times in the past. But I hope he turns it around because it's awesome when him and Judge are in the lineup. We haven't seen enough of that since they've both been on the same team. And it's really fucking sad to see those stats where it's like Yankees with Aaron Judge and Carlos Stanton in the lineup, 500 home runs, 2,000 RBIs, undefeated without them in the lineup, uh, one in one in 240, three home runs, 25 RBIs. It's like, what, dude? Come on. Be great if the whole point was to have both of them in there to make everybody else around them better. And that's another problem with this lineup. The lineup was constructed around, at least you would imagine, those two being there to pad the lineup for everybody else before and after them and that's a reason why you know the last few years you're not seeing the performances from the other players you're expecting to uh actually step up because they don't have the protection in the lineup i don't know i don't know um all i do know is that they probably make it to the 2019 world series if stan stays healthy or plays through whatever plagues him they also make it if domingo herman doesn't do a horrible thing 
And they ultimately lose to the team that has Roberto Osuna and who went out of their way to acquire Roberto Osuna. Don't forget it. Life not fair. Um, That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. In the review, we'd be more than happy to answer it. If you're going to leave us a one-star review, just text me, Dad. Um, Until (laughs) next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinberg, Thomas Carinante. Where can the people find you? Hey, Dad, you can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, You can DM me to talk all the trash. Um, you can find us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We're there a lot of the time, um, and we like to listen to all the things you guys have to say. We're having a good time conversing back and forth, creating more of a conversation in the Yankees Twitter space. It's fun. Head on over to YanksGoYard.com. That's where all the content is for you. Find the podcast there, too. It's embedded in all the articles. Um, Feel free to share the articles, comment on them, and uh, send them our way to let us know what you think. We're happy to talk about it more. We're having a great time this year. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we will be taking Monday off. we got a long weekend coming up. Yeah. Um, so enjoy your 4th of July weekend, everyone. It's a When was the last time 4th of July was smack dab in the middle of the week? I feel like that's I don't know, never it's annoying. It's annoying as hell. I don't like it at all. When Weird. is Monday off, to, Monday on, Tuesday, back off? Like, yeah. back off. That's what I back say. Back off. Now back off um but yeah enjoy the holiday we'll talk to you again on thursday that'll be a meaty podcast we got cardinals coming up and then what that's the uh, beginning of the series against the o's Ooh, how many more set. perfect how many more perfect games between uh now and then you think man clark schmidt today that's two mm-hmm. um probably next time johnny brito goes that's three jordan montgomery's pitching on sunday so probably that he throws yeah he'll perfect us nuts, i think yeah so, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I, I, we'll set the over-under at two. Yeah. Probably never going to happen again in the history of baseball, but also probably going to happen to the Yankees three times this week. Um, we'll see everybody next Thursday. We'll give you an update. Take care. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.